Hi there, I'm Kayla Stanley, and you're listening to the English Sabbath School Podcast, Information and Transformation. Hi there, dear friends. I'm Mo Saint for the English Sabbath School Podcast, Lesson 7 for Friday, I said Friday, November 11th. Today's title, Further Thought, 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 Thought. Yes, we are encouraged to read some chapters um, on Friday from uh, the Spirit of Prophecy. The chapters, uh, all of them from the book Desire of Ages, my favorite book about Jesus' life. Uh, the chapters in Joseph's tomb, The Lord is Risen, Why Weepest Thou, The Walk to Emmaus, and Peace Be Unto You. Fantastic chapters, yes. But if you cannot read all of them today, propose, uh, make this purpose to you, right, of reading one chapter a day until you finish those sections. Fantastic. Now, the lesson comments the following. Modern set sentiment doesn't allow for something like the resurrection of Jesus <laughs> in that time either. <laughs> Not only modern. However, the historical evidence is so strong that even those who cannot accept the reality of the resurrection are forced to admit that many people believed that they had seen the resurrected Jesus. Thus, much of anti-resurrection apologetics is the attempt to explain what could have caused all these different people to believe that they had seen the risen Christ. Some have argued that all the disciples hallucinated the resurrection Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, Others that Jesus had not really died, but only had swooned and then come back to life after he had been brought down from the cross. And when he had reappeared, his followers thought that he had been raised from the dead. And believe it or not, some have argued that Jesus had a twin brother whom the disciples mistook for the risen Christ. In other words, the historical evidence is so strong for Christ's resurrection that these are the kinds of arguments people concoct in order to try to dismiss it. With the resurrection itself so important, we should not be surprised by all the good reasons we have we have been given to believe it. Yes, Claudia, you were asking about the meaning of the verb to swoon, and you can look it up, okay? You can look it up on any dictionary or online. Um, but to swoon as a verb uh, means basically uh, to faint, to pass out from extreme emotion. Uh, for example, the, the dictionary, the Oxford American Dictionary gives this example. He swooned at the sight of blood on his hero's sleeve right? Uh, teenagers swoon over Japanese or Korean pop singers, <laughs> but it's more literary, the, this verb form, uh, to faint, right? So some people say Jesus just fainted, he didn't die, and then he woke up. No, 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 that's not what the scripture says and what the witnesses could tell. Now, Edding G. White in the book, The Desire of Ages, page 787, wrote the following, quote, the voice that cried from the cross, it is finished, was heard among the dead. It pierced the walls of sepulchers and summoned the sleepers to arise. Thus will it be when the voice of Christ shall be heard from heaven. That voice will penetrate the graves and unbar the tombs, and the dead in Christ shall arise. Oh, praise his name. 
At the Savior's resurrection, a few graves were opened, but at his second coming, all the precious dead shall hear his voice and shall come forth to glorious immortal life. The same power that raised Christ from the dead will raise his church <laughs> and glorify it with him above all principalities, above all powers, above every name that is named, not only in this world, but also mm -hmm, in the world to come. Ellen G. White, The Desire of Ages. Oh, beautiful, beautiful quote. Yes, the, the lesson on Friday traditionally brings some uh, questions. We have two major questions here. The first one, discussion question. It is finished and he is risen are two of the most powerful, meaningful statements ever made. How do they complement each other within salvation history? What great hope is found in these words for us? Yes, it is finished. He is risen. Oh, Father, so wonderful, so wonderful. So what great hope is found in these words for us? Meditate about it. And the, the last question is, at first, the religious leaders wanted guards at the tomb to keep the disciples from stealing the body of Jesus. Later, they paid the guards to say that the disciples did steal the body. How does this account help to reveal the reality of Christ's empty tomb? He is not there. And why is that empty tomb so important to us as Christians? And by the way, just opening a parenthesis here, still today, nobody knows for sure which of those tombs was uh, Jesus' tomb, right? When you visit Jerusalem, you can find two, three different spots, at least, where they claim was where Jesus' body was placed. So it's, it's, the fact is that his body is not there because he's risen indeed. Praise his name forever and ever. What did you say, uh, Virginia? Oh, yeah. You want to know the difference between raise and rise? Okay, they are very similar in meaning, are they not? So what is the difference, guys? Do you know the difference between he raised the dead, he is risen? Okay, so uh, here is the teacher, the English teacher speaking. So both are very similar in meaning, to rise and to raise. The difference is um, to raise uh, is a transitive verb. It needs a, an object. So, for example, Jesus raised the dead. You need to put there Jesus, the subject, the verb raised, and then uh, the noun, the, the object, sorry, the dead. Jesus raised the dead. Now, the verb to rise also means to elevate, to lift up, to give back to life, but it doesn't require uh, an object. It's an intransitive verb, like Jesus rose. Jesus is risen. You can stop the sentence there. Uh, Jesus has risen from the dead, but then you have the preposition as well. Uh, rise is often uh, followed by adverbs or by the preposition. But uh, anyway, it is, an, uh, and raise is a regular verb to raise, raised, raised. And the, the verb rise is irregular. Rise, rose, risen. But no matter what verb you use, my friends, we depend on Jesus for our eternal life. Well, this is the end of our Sabbath school for today, Friday, November, November 11th. But 
before we go, let me rem remind you that tomorrow is the Sabbath, the holy day that the Lord has set aside for you. Every week we have a holiday, a day of world joy. So I encourage you, my friends, to go to a local church, no matter where you are, and um, small, large, it doesn't matter, but be part of the body of Christ. Be a part, even if you are, if you feel like a little toe, but it doesn't matter. Be part of the body of Christ, worshiping the head, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And at five, join us. Yes, it's free. It's online. It's live. Join for our English Sabbath School live at five, where we preview the upcoming lesson. And so, my friends, thank you very much for listening for sharing, and for praying with us. If you would like to talk to us, you can contact us on Facebook and Instagram, Believes UNESP. Also, join our groups on WhatsApp and Telegram. Thank you, my friends, for listening, for sharing, and for praying with us and for us.